Welcome to 143 Pixels. I'm Bill, and we're here to talk about games we love. Each episode, I bring a friend. That friend brings a game. This weekend, this weekend, this week, my friend is Smashy, and the game they brought is Link's Awakening. Now, this is the first time that we've had a repeat game. This is a game that we've talked about before. Last time, uh, although technically we're talking about a different game. Last time uh, in season one, when I talked to to Tom Tate, he and I talked about Link's Awakening for the Game Boy. And this conversation with Smashy is about the Switch game. However, I feel like it's important for me to let everybody know that sometimes I am going to have the same game be talked about a different time. And that's because everybody has different stories with these games. Everybody has a different experience as they play through these games. So I think it's okay for us to have uh, different people come on and talk about uh, the same game, as well as in the future, I will have people who've been on the show before come on to talk about a different game. So with all that being said, it's time for me to tell you all about who Smashy is. Uh, Ashley, a.k.a. Smashy, or sometimes called Smashly, Uh, I had lunch with Smashy at DragonCon. We instantly hit it off. I was hanging out with her co-host, Steven, and I didn't even realize she had a podcast when we were chatting until Steven asked me to be on his show. This is after DragonCon. He asked me to be on his show just to kind of talk about DragonCon, and I was like, okay, that sounds cool. I'll come on, and I hadn't listened to it yet. I hadn't ever heard uh, Horseshoes and Hand Grenades yet, but... Uh, I went into the channel and uh, I turned on the Twitch stream because they record their show live over on Twitch at Two Dorks TV. And I was like, oh, I know her. I I had uh, lunch with her at DragonCon. So I was like, oh, that's awesome. We already met. Uh, And like she and I hit it off right away. She's she is somebody who is always ready to laugh. And that is one thing that I really, really like about having a conversation with Smashy is that she is somebody who likes to laugh. So uh, I'd been listening to Horseshoes and Hand Grenades ever since they had me as a guest on. I was like, this is a hilarious show. And so when I found out that she liked to play video games, I decided I got to have her on 143. And I reached out and she said that she wanted to talk about uh, Link's Awakening. So let me talk about what they do, what what she does. Uh, she's one half of the comedy duo of Horseshoes and Hand Grenades podcast, a hilarious podcast. She's also the co-founder of the Two Dorks Podcasting Network. Uh, if you want to find her on social media, it's probably easiest to just go to Horseshoes and Hand Grenades website, which is hnhshow.com, or you can find her over at Two Dorks TV on Twitch. And if you want to follow her on Twitter, her uh, Twitter handle is Fate Kills. That's P H A T E Kills, uh, and you'll know that it's her because it says Smashy as as her name. So, without any further ado, uh, let's talk. I'm going to give you a little bit of information about uh, about this game, and um, but first we got to pay the bills. We got to have a quick little ad break. So stick around after the break. We'll come back and we're going to talk about Link's Awakening. Link washes ashore on the tropical Koholint Island. There are villages full of nature, sandy beaches, mysterious forests, swamps, deserts, and even a castle. Koholint Island is also home to some interesting folk. 
Some very interesting folk. Legend has it that those who set foot on this island can never leave. Can Link escape from this strange land? Link's Awakening for the Nintendo Switch just came out. Like, this game has only been out for a little bit, and I'm having an absolute blast playing through it. I have not finished it yet, uh, and uh, Ashley had finished the game by the time that we recorded this. Not, It, it hadn't taken her too long. She kind of no-lifed it for three days, um, but, but we talk about that in the uh, interview. The game was developed by Grezzo, who also made other ports of... Nintendo games, uh, I'm sorry, Zelda games. Uh, it was so it was developed by Grezzo and it was published by uh, Nintendo. The game was directed by Mikiharu Aoiwa. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to apologize for mispronouncing any of these Japanese names. I'm bad at this stuff. The game was pr- produced by Ijio Numa, who I'm sure you've heard me talk about on my other show, Nintendo Switchcraft. Uh, he is the guy in charge of the, the Zelda series, basically. Uh, over at Nintendo. The main artist of the game is Masaki Yasuda, and the game was written by Yoshiaki Koizuma and uh, Kensuke Tanabe. The music in this game, which is really fun music, is uh, was composed by Ryu Nagamatsu, and the game was released on September 20th, 2019. When I'm recording this, the game's only been out for less than a month at this point. Uh, the game got fantastic reception. There are some problems with the frame rate, and a lot of people are nitpicking about that, but the game is super fun. It was nominated at the point at the time of recording this. The game was nominated for a Golden Joystick Award as Best Nintendo Game of the Year. It launched in the UK at number one uh, in uh, the... Uh, Japanese charts that was at number one as well uh, for the physical charts, and it is the it is Grezzo's biggest debut and fastest selling Switch game of 2019. It sold 141,375 physical copies in Japan and 430,000 copies in Europe during its first three days on sale. And I don't really have much more uh, information about sales data than that because the game is so new. The game takes place on Koland Island rather than in Hyrule. You have to wake the windfish that sleeps in an egg on top of the mountain in order to leave the island. And we t- we do talk about there, there's slight spoilers in the interview. They're not like really heavy spoilers. Uh, Ashley and I were really careful not to ruin anything for people, but there are some slight spoilers in the uh, interview. I don't think that they're really going to take anything away from your enjoyment of the game. At least I don't think so. And if I'm wrong and you listen to it and it makes you upset that you heard it, then, you know, let me know and I'll try better next time. Let me give you a little bit of trivia about the game. Mr. Miyamoto, who is the inventor of Zelda, as well as many other massive, massive, uh, massively huge games, uh, Shigeru Miyamoto, he once said that this game could be a sequel to any Legend of Zelda game where Ganon is defeated, which is most of them. Uh, Many people saw this game as a sequel to Link to the Past, which was the Zelda game that was released right before this one. And according to Miyamoto, this is half right, as Hyrule Historia later placed the game after the Oracle games, 
uh, those were actually sequels to A Link to the Past. And this, again, has changed uh, again um, with the Oracle games being moved to after Link's Awakening. So the, the whole Zelda timeline, there's this really cool set of videos about the, the, the timeline of the things that happen in the Zelda franchise. And it's there's like three videos. I think each one is 15 minutes, and they're they're on YouTube, and they're very very interesting to watch. And I, I always recommend. I'm gonna try and find those and put them in the show notes so that you can check those out. They're very interesting. However, these are not official videos, and there are things that Nintendo has disagreed with uh, about like when which game takes place uh, for whatever. But uh, it's super interesting. And I, I, I'd like to think about where these games take place in the setting, although it doesn't really affect the game at all. All right, without any further ado, it's time for the intro to Link's Awakening. I'm sorry, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening on the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> it was really weird. Yeah, it was really sweet. It was it was a very endearing comment to make to a woman, especially a pregnant one. Yes. Um, had you told everybody that you were pregnant at that point or not? I really can't remember. I think we just started telling people like that that trip. So I, I don't I don't remember. It was a blur. It was a blur. Sleep. It was yeah. really it was really fun and it was awesome to meet you guys there. But uh, we're not here to talk about Dragon Con. We're here to talk about a video game. Why Yay. why did you pick Link's Awakening as the game that you wanted to talk about? So mostly because I have zero memory and I had just finished playing it. <laughs> <laughs> I always joke that I have like the memory of a goldfish where every time you swim around in there, you're like, oh, it's brand new. Yeah, uh, it's super so, pretty in here. So did you finish it? Yeah, I um, I think I beat it in like three days. Steven got it for me for my uh for my birthday, and I was super stoked because it was so cheapy and cute and squishy. And um, I don't have an adult bone, so I don't know how to how to balance things. So I just sat down and played it straight for three days. Uh, <laughs> it took me a minute to figure out what exactly you mean. You have so you have this problem. I think that a lot of us have where you can't. Say you, you you don't have an off switch. Once you start going on something, you're like, I got just got to keep going. Yeah, it's it's real bad. I'll I my my biggest issue is I have a very small bladder, and then compound that with the pregnancy. So I have to pee like every thirty minutes, and I don't want to uh -huh. <laughs> because I'm comfortable and I'm in a dungeon or I'm you know whatever it is I'm doing. And that that's uh, that's my biggest issue is just telling everyone I have to go to the restroom every five seconds. They're like just just go like just my nephew does it too and he's four and a half and i'm like dude i totally understand like i get you <laughs> well you know the switch is portable you can bring it with you if you really want to <laughs> I so but, jacob looks at people oddly when they take devices into the restroom and i'm like me 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 judgy so <laughs> we, we we uh whenever i see somebody 
How do I want to? Whenever somebody's using a device in the restroom, I call them a uh, a Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's amazing. So I'm stealing that. Yeah. Oh, it's it's not actually mine. I I stole it from somebody else a very very long time ago. <laughs> That's so good. So let let's talk about um about this Zelda game. It, is this the first time that you played it, or did you play it uh, on the original systems when it came out all those years ago? I did not. Um, my first Zelda game was Ocarina, and that was really, like, my first gaming system was the the 64. So Steven was, that's one of Steven's favorite games is the Link's Awakening. So he's like, oh, this is going to be so good. But I was mainly attracted to, A, it's a Zelda game. And it'll hold me over till Breath of the Wild too. And then B, it's just the art style was so adorable. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that was that was my first playthrough. And, and if you're wondering who Steven is, Steven is her her host on uh, Horseshoes and Hand Grenades, uh, her podcast, which I probably told everybody about before I started the interview. Um, and he was actually on this show too, and we talked about Grim Fandango back in season one. So so go back and listen <laughs> to that, that. one. Uh, yeah, he he uh, he. We we had a really good conversation about that. So, all right, you got it as a as a birthday present. Happy belated birthday, by the way. Thank you. And uh, you you finished it. Yeah, I yeah I beat it within those those three days. Oh yeah, that's there right. A, yeah, couple speed bumps where I wanted to throw my switch because, like I said, I don't know how to adult. But it so, was. Go ahead. It was just it was a it was a fun thing, and I think I I went through it too quickly and now i want to revisit it but steven has it <laughs> oh no <laughs> well you could always try uh playing the original game boy version of it i don't i don't know that i would recommend that it's uh really frustrating to play the old version of this game compared to the new version the new version is so much better really uh, what yeah oh yeah it's it's amazing at what the new coat of paint and the the addition of extra buttons can do because this originally came out on the original Game Boy, which only had two buttons. Oh, so, no. like, the dash move and um, holding up your shield, those were actually things that they were items that were in your inventory. So you had to have those on your buttons so you could only ever do two things at a time. You could never do more than that. And I tried playing it, and I found it to be <laughs> far too frustrating. But this is a much better experience. It's... What 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 about the game? Like, did you tell Steven ahead of time, uh, this game is on my radar as something that I want? Or did he just see it and be like, oh, that's for Smashly? <laughs> I think most Zelda games, people realize it's it's on my radar. That's I don't know why, but I, and it may just be because Ocarina was my real my, my first real video game that I that I ever beat. Mm -hmm. Um and it may just be that because I was 13. I'm like, oh, my God, what is this wonderful pixelated world of awesomeness? <laughs> so I, I think just any Zelda game that comes out that I can get my hands on, I I like to roll around in a bit. <laughs> what did you think? Uh, like, what were your favorite? Did the art style like speak to you? Uh, like, what was it about this game other than it being a Zelda game? What is it about this game that spoke to you that, that you were like, oh, man, that looks so awesome? So I, I I try to stay away from spoilers because I'm a child and I like being surprised. And I knew there was something interesting about the plot. And so I was desperately trying to stay off the internet, even though I was excited. So I think I watched like one little 
teaser for it. And I'm like, oh my God, this art style is just, it's like my brain vomited on the screen and it's adorable and I want to hug it. Um, but I, it was definitely that. And then I wanted to know what that big secret to the plot was. So I was really interested in that. Right. I, I actually have been spoiled on it because I, I, I have, you know, it's a game that I never really paid attention to. And I never planned on playing it because it was an old Game Boy game. And yeah. I was like, ah, I'm not really too interested. So somebody had spoiled the plot for me. And listeners, don't worry. We're going to we're gonna be vague about stuff. Um, you, you mentioned the ending. Without spoiling too much, I, I know a lot of people say, oh, that's a cop-out. Did you feel like the end of this game was a cop-out? Or did you feel like, no, it's fine? I didn't, I didn't feel like it was a cop-out at all. I As you progress through the game, you start to realize what's happening, and it hurts. <laughs> like it, <laughs> it actually hurt my... I'm just like, Jacob. Jacob's my husband. Yeah. I'm like, blah, 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 this and this and this. And then I'm like, I'm going to cry. And again, hormonal. So I actually did tear up. I'm like, oh my God, who is this person? But it, it was incredibly emotional, and I don't know if it's because i'm pregnant or if it because it was just the story was so good but i feel like when you get to the end like i was frustrated but not because i felt like it was a cop-out it was just oh my god i can't believe this i this is this is painful and wonderful and i need to play it again in case i miss something so have you start oh you haven't started playing it again because you gave it back to steven for him to play so have you been nagging him? Hey, Steven, uh, what dungeon are you on? Are you, are you, <laughs> you know, how far along? When can I get this back? Cause I want to play again. So I am really bad at, uh, spoiling things for other people and I try not to be, but it's just, it's the way I think. And I, I think out loud a lot. So, um, he was talking about, there's, there's at some point you can choose two different color armors and they, they correspond to two different things. I'm like, no, 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 no. get this color because it does this because later in the game, you're going to get this. And it will help with this. I don't know how much I should go into, like, spoiler-wise. Uh, you know, I'll say this. Uh, at the beginning of the show, I always tell, uh, right before the interview starts, I always tell everybody how spoilery the conversation ended up being. And okay. you don't have to worry about me because I already know the end of it. But, you know, try and be as vague as you can. But if you need okay. to say something in order to make a point, then make your point. Okay. Because it's a it's yeah. a really old game, so... <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Like, I don't know how I made it this far without knowing that that's a pretty good feat to have to have, <laughs> especially as a gamer, to have gotten this far in your life without having heard the ending to Link's Awakening. After um, what was it? Terminator Genesis came out and they did the the incredibly spoilerific trailer for that. I stopped doing anything. I was so angry. Um, cause I really like the Terminator series. And so mm -hmm. I stopped, I, like, I'll do one teaser trailer and that's it. And then I'll just be miserable until the movie or the game comes out and being on Twitter and, and Instagram is real rough. Cause I follow a bunch of gaming accounts. I'm like, that's fine. I'll just put you on mute for the next six months. Right. But then there's going to be another game that comes out and you'll have to keep them muted forever. It's <laughs> social media. Uh, it has changed the way that I deal with spoilers, I used to be like super, like super locked down on on everything. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk to anybody about anything until I'd seen it myself. And with games, 
I just let that go. I try and and be as unspoiled as I can, but I really don't let it get to me. Now, as far as movies go, like <laughs> because movies are so much shorter, I feel like, okay, if it's a movie I really care about, I will get to the theater and see it pretty quickly after it yeah. comes out. And I can avoid most things. Like uh, at the time that uh, Ashley and I are recording this, uh, the new Joker movie is in theaters. I haven't been to see it yet. I'm planning on, my wife and I are planning on going to see it this weekend. We couldn't last weekend because I was on the road. Um, so I'm trying, like I'm per- currently, I've got like little roadblocks up where I'm looking <laughs> away from stuff real quick. But uh, but yeah, social media is real hard with spoilers. I don't even know where we how we got there from, from where we were. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so let, let's 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 kind of take that road back to Link's Awakening. W- which items in the game were your favorite items to use? I don't think that that is a spoiler. <laughs> so at one point you get the uh, the magic powder, and from I have gone back and and read some walkthroughs and just watch Zeltic does videos that I I watch on YouTube, and he had. Um, what was it? Some Easter eggs. And I was like, I did not utilize the magic builder at all very well. Yeah, so, so tell me about it because I've only used it uh, on that one thing in order to stop that the one animal that's in your way or whatever. Yeah. Like, I, that's the only time I've used it. And every once in a while to light a, a, yes. a, a fire or something. But other yeah. than that, I haven't touched it. What am I missing out on? So apparently the sparks, those little orange things that until you get the boomerang that run around the room and just destroy you with their annoyingness. If you magic power them, they turn into fairies. What? Right? Oh my God. Thrown powder. on. I was like, that would have been so helpful at the beginning. Like some of the beginning dungeons where you, well, where I died every five seconds. Um, That would have been sublimely helpful, but I, I didn't realize that. And there was, um, a couple other enemies that you can you can magic dust and one of them turns into like a Mario character and says all this weird kind of super Japanesey stuff. So I want to go back and find him. I think he was in the desert. Okay. I want to yeah, check they, that out. That sounds cool. Yeah. They said it was really bizarre. And I, I have no idea what the dialogue goes to, but he's almost like having a conversation with himself that has nothing to do with anything. Now I really want to check that out. Yeah. Uh in- I really liked the magic wand though. The 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 burning Aiden wand. I haven't gotten that one yet. Is it just like a fire wand? Yeah, it just shoots fire at stuff. I'm like, this is magical. That's awesome. Did you collect enough seashells to get the sword? I did. <laughs> Once I started uh, finding out, I think I had the the bow wow, the chain chomp in the um in the swamp, and he's like, dig here. I'm just like you're incredibly helpful, little friend. And I found, I think that was the first time I found the seashell. I'm like, what? the hell is this oh i did not buy a shovel until much later so when i went to that swamp the bow wow like he he, i don't think he ever said dig here to me because i didn't have the shovel so i need to go back to the swamp and and dig for some some shells i guess yes i when, when i figure out that there's a prize for something i'm doing even if it's tedious i'm just like yes i would like to see where this is going (laughs) okay (laughs) let let's talk about tedious and prizes uh, oh God. how did you feel about the claw machine? So this is one of the most frustrating things with my, <laughs> my playthrough. I was fantastic at the claw machine. I think 
the only thing I had to try more than I think this this took me four times and that was normally like it was either I got it on the first try or I'd get it the second time um but it was a seashell I'm just like I'm gonna throw my controller like this is the stupidest thing because it would just like roll inside the the claw machine mm -hmm. um I did not get the I got the little Yoshi plushie which was super happy because I love Yoshi and then I got the what was it the little um bow wow with a bow chow chow I don't think I've seen that one yet <laughs> okay. But There's... that's okay. Don't worry about it. I'm, I, it which is weird because I'm on the seventh dungeon. I, this was so I think I got this at the very beginning because I immediately went and got the Yoshi because I think you have to to progress the the trading quests. Yeah. Um, but then I went back. So I'm like, oh, what else do they have? Because in in all the little houses in the Mabe or maybe village, they've got these little pills like placard what are those things called Stands. signs the little um put something on something table coaster Pregnant brain <laughs> it's like a little area where you would set something and they have um placards on them that says you know uh chow chow or um bow wow uh one was a shy guy and i'm like okay you can get little mario like items and set them on these areas in the houses that's super cool Oh, and so my cool. brain, yeah, my brain's like, oh, we'll we'll go to the claw machine because obviously that's the only place you're going to get it because that's where I got my Yoshi. And so I got Chow Chow. I ran around the village 15 times and could not find where to put that st stupid little toy. I'm just like, seriously? Okay, well, maybe it's just out in the world somewhere. I haven't found it. Get to the end of the game. I've I've beaten it. You're still carrying I, the chow chow at this point. You'll have the stupid chow chow. <laughs> and I, I asked Jacob, I'm like, okay, look this up for me because I'm I'm done. Like that's been it's been a couple days. So it was in one of the the houses and I just had not looked well enough and it was just kind of tucked in the back. So that was super frustrating. But I did the entire uh quest for all the little toys after I beat the game in like a 15 minute period. Oh <laughs> so my god. My, uh, my claw skills got real good. <laughs> there you go. That's yeah. awesome. I didn't even know about that because I go in there. I feel like every time I go in there, I see the same thing. There's like a, a shield, which mm -hmm. I was like, oh, maybe that's the mirror shield or something. And I caught it and it was just a regular shield. And I was like, great, thanks. That's right. so useful. Uh, so I, and I wasted a bunch of rupees on that, too, because I was not great at the at the claw machine. And it was in the back on the thing that goes back and forth. Yeah. And then there was, of course, the the red rupee and then the purple rupee which I would always go for those every time I was getting low. I'd be like, okay, these are pretty easy to get. And then there was a heart and then usually one other thing. But I don't feel like I've seen any of that other stuff that you're talking about. And it might just be because I haven't spent much time in there. I feel like I spent all of my time in there at once. Yeah. And then I didn't go back uh, as as time progressed. So I'm going to have to go back and check that out. Um in season one of 143 Pixels, I had another guest who was on who talked about uh, this game, but but we talked about the Game Boy version of the game. Oh, jeez! And there were some there were some big differences, or there were some very interesting differences uh, that 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 came out. And one of those is that did you know in the original Game Boy game you could go into the shop, grab something, and if the shopkeeper wasn't looking at you, just walk out. 
You could do that in this one too. I tried it. It wouldn't like he kept staring at me. How did you do it? So you walk around behind him. Yeah. Like you have to go loop around him and go out the door. But if you go back in after that, he will kill you. He yeah. Like electrocutes you to death. And then the, the entire village calls you a thief the rest of the game. So, so that that's I, what Tom told me, and so I tried it, but I could like when I tr- hit the door, he would be like, "Hey, you got to pay for that." So I was like, "Oh, okay, I guess that that's not in this version. I guess I was wrong." Well, so I I haven't done it. I I read that people had been doing it, so maybe, but it was supposed to be for this version. But this is this is untested. Ashley hypothesizing. There you go. Untested <laughs> Ashley hypothesizing is my uh, oh Guar <laughs> cover band. I feel like that's fitting. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, we talked about the... the oh, did you... Um, another trick that was taught to me. Did you do the bomb arrow trick? I, did, I literally just found out about that today, and I was so angry, and I went to go get the Switch to to try it out, because I'm like, I have, that's, I have to try that out, and Steven has it. Yeah, it it's makes hand. things a lot easier. It's really good. I was very happy when when uh, again, I didn't find out about that until I was talking to somebody in season 1 about the Game Boy version of this game. So, all right, this is a pretty recent experience for you. It's not something that that you uh went through a bunch of times. Do you have like do you have any like really strong memories from playing this game? Like what stands out to you? Some of the, the the roadblocks, I I enjoy Zelda games just because I feel like they're they're fairly fluid, and this was the I guess rockiest or like patchiest one I've ever played before. So there's at one point you have to find Marin to progress the quest. Right, I was looking everywhere for her. Oh my god, I wanted to hurt everybody. I get frustrated really easily because again, I'm five. Is that and, why uh, they call you Smashy? That's it. <laughs> it's not just because it rhymes with my name. <laughs> I throw things, but I was so because I didn't know I needed to find her. And then when I finally figured out I needed to find her, I went into Mabe Village and everybody's just like, la la la, nothing's happening. Everything's the same. I'm just like, does anyone have a clue? Like, it, it, where is she? So I ended up having to look it up because I spent hours running around that stupid map and i wanted to choke every character i ran into i feel like i went to the phone and they said something about the beach so i went to the beach and i didn't see her and then i went to the right of the beach which is the bay and i guess i was like one screen up too high or something to where she was and i and so i ran into the same problem where i just kept missing her over and over. And I was like, where in the hell is she? They should, (laughs) they said, go to the bay, go to the bay. So I'd go to the bay and I didn't see her. And I was just like one screen up too high. And that was incredibly frustrating. I ended up having to do the exact same thing as you and look it up because I could not find her. I wonder if this, if that kind of problem would have happened in a game designed today, because this is a like a it's not a pixel for pixel remake, but it is it is like the world is exactly the same as it was back then. It's just updated graphics. Uh, right. So all of the same problems that that they have with game design back in 19, uh, I don't know, was it 92 or something? Uh, all those same problems that they had back then, they translated forward 
to this? Was there, was there, okay, so we talked about something that you didn't like. What, uh, let's talk about dungeons. Which, which dungeons in the game were like your favorite, or bosses? Here we go. What boss <laughs> jumped out at you? Cause it's, I think, feel like it's easier to remember a boss than it is to remember a dungeon, uh, except for that water dungeon in Ocarina of Time, because that was, oh my God. that was hell. Uh, so what, what bosses jumped out at you as like, oh man, this is really cool. Cause there's a lot of different bosses in this game than there are in other Zelda games. But I, they, they were pretty unique bosses. I think the one that was the most similar was the little, uh, like lava caterpillar that you hit its tail and it runs around in circles. I felt like that was familiar to me just because it was like, kind of like a Mario Zelda squish boss. Like, mm -hmm. um, but my my favorite dungeon, hands down, was the the turtle's roost or the turtle's nest. It's the the last one before you go up to the before you go play the song to the egg. Oh, okay. So I have that one to look forward to. Why did you like it so much? I so I've talked to a lot of my friends that have played the game, and they all can't stand it. Like they said, they had to get a a walkthrough for it, and it was frustrating. And I was just like, I feel like that was the one that flowed the best and it i i didn't need a walkthrough for it i enjoyed going through it and i honest to god i can't even remember the boss in that one um but i just remember i really liked that one and then i think it was number four that i i wanted to burn my switch it was you there's like four pillars uh -huh. in the dungeon and you learn that you eventually have to collapse them there's a mechanism that and that was the most frustrating thing because there's certain like holes in the dungeon that you're purposefully meant to fall through to get up and down levels. And I feel like <sighs> in a lot of Zelda games, you you don't want to fall down because it's bad. Are you sure that's the fourth and not like the seventh? Because I am I don't remember that. And I've done I'm on this. I finished the sixth dungeon like yesterday. OK, well, then, yeah, maybe that's close. It, I know it's on. It's the it's the one on Tall Tall Mountain. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the one I'm heading to now. I think that my, okay. I think Link is like standing outside of it right now in my playthrough. Have so. fun. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, that's good to know, though. Uh, I had problems with the fourth one. There was this room where you had to stand on these, um, you had to walk over these little things and like a little blue sparky thing would move to another one. And so... I, I went and I don't. I just had a brain block. Like it didn't. Like my brain didn't realize that these two rooms are connected. So that in one room I would stand on the things in the right order, and it was telling me this is the order that you stand on things in the other oh, room. Yeah. And I couldn't figure that out. And when I fi I finally I was just like I give up. I can't figure this dungeon out. And I had to look it up. And I was like, I'm an idiot. I it, like. <laughs> There were a couple times so far when playing this game that the game just made me feel stupid because I couldn't figure it out. And I feel like games used to do that a lot more often than they do now. I love the... the I think that's that's why I'm attracted to the Zelda series so much because of some of the, the puzzly aspects. I love figuring that out and, oh, you know, like you, you got to set the stick on fire and burn the webbing. I, that was like the first puzzle that stephanie my sister and i ran up against in that game and we couldn't figure it out and i didn't understand that there were walkthroughs at the time or that you could get on the internet and look this stuff up so it was just weeks of my sister and i sitting there trying to ponder over how do we get down in this dungeon because there's spider webbing blocking it mm -hmm. and i feel like those moments in in like zelda kind of adventure puzzle games are just they like you said they can either make you feel like a genius like well 
I've made the most important discovery of the century, so bow before me, or they make <laughs> you feel like a complete punk because how did I not know that? I'm an idiot. Right, exactly. Uh, so Link's Away, is this, is, is this like your favorite game on the Switch so far, or uh, are there other, is this just picked because it's new to you? I, I I did it definitely because it's it is new to me and it was shiny and happy. Um, I think Breath of the Wild is. I guess it's not really a Switch exclusive though. It came. Uh, it doesn't have to be an. Ex- hey, this isn't a Switch exclusive either. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, but Bre- Breath of the Wild's been. I have sank hundreds of hours into that game just because I feel like there's there's little nooks and crannies that maybe I missed. When when Breath of the Wild came out. And I first started playing it, I worried that traditional Zelda games would not be fun for me anymore. And this game made me realize, no, they're still fun for me because this is the most traditional Zelda game you could possibly get. Yeah. Um, do you do you feel like that uh, there's a place for traditional Zelda games still with Breath of the Wild out there? Oh, definitely. I I think a lot of people have the the nostalgia for Breath of the Wild like while they're playing it they still miss the kind of more traditional dungeons because I've heard a lot of people saying for the Breath of the Wild 2 that's what they're looking forward to they're hoping that the more traditional dungeons make a comeback um but yeah that was that was something I definitely missed I I loved the openness of it but there's something to be said for those those puzzles and those traditional kind of dungeons and just I guess like for this one, for Link's Awakening, you were kind of locked into the map to a certain degree. So that in itself is about like, how do I get from point A to point B? Because there's this blockade. Well, I guess I'm not, you know, I don't have something in my inventory. I'll just have to wait. So that's that's always kind of exciting to see what am I going to get to get me from point A to point B? I really liked that they gave us the ability to add markers to the map so that when you saw something, you're like, okay, I'm going to put a little marker here so that I know that I need to come back to this point at this place at some point uh, because I can't, you know, goldfish memory. I, I get to a spot and I'm like, okay, I'll have to come back here sometime. And then I never remember. So that by the time I get to the end of the game, like there's a bunch of stuff that I never found. Are you a hundred percenter or are you somebody who just is a filthy casual like me? (laughs) I'm I'm more of a filthy. I I aspire to be the hundred percenter, but I'm more of a, more of a casual. I am like minish cap. I that's, I think that's one of my, I think that is my favorite console for the um, or the handheld for Zelda is Minish. That was just I hope that they get the Link's Awakening treatment for Minish. But there was like they talked about an amulet in that game. It still bothers me that I never went back and looked for it. But I never did any research on it. I never found it. I never really figured out what they were alluding to in that game, and it still bugs me. I'm just looking but for. I'm go ahead. Lazy. Oh, but I'm I'm still I I just well, I don't even know where my Game Boy is right now, but. So that game came out in 2004. So I was like, oh, you, you, I, when you said Minish Cap, I'm like, that was so long ago that it wouldn't even really have the access to the internet at the time. No, no, you did. It's, 2004. I did. <laughs> so uh, Ashley was just too lazy to look it up, I guess. <laughs> I, well, I didn't want, I'm just like, that was a game. I don't think I did any look throughs for that because I just so enjoyed 
just getting lost and playing that game. I think Stephen got it for me for Christmas one year because I remember at the time we were living in two different states and I've known Stephen since we were like 15. He's he's my brother-in-law, so he's I call him my brother. But he got me the game. He was visiting from Florida. We were in West Virginia at the time and I don't think I spoke two words to him the entire time because I had the, the Game Boy. Like I had... Can't talk Zelda. Yeah, I'm just like... <laughs> So he he decided he's like I'm never getting her a Zelda game for Christmas ever again because I won't be able to speak to her. <laughs> there you go. But and you still had birthdays, so there you go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, well, Ashley, it was awesome talking to you about this game. Each episode, I try and have my guest close out the show by saying the show's uh, motto, which is "Resolution doesn't matter." Resolution doesn't matter. The theme song for 143 Pixels is Through a Cardboard World by Tony Lays. You can find more of their music at tonylays.bandcamp.com. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can find it at pixels143. And if you want to follow me, I'm at runjumpstomp. This show is part of the Giant Size Team Up Network. For more information, head on over to gstu.net. <laughs>